Welcome to the Women's Footy Podcast. I'm speaking to CJ. CJ, thank you for coming on and ask a few questions. This is, I suppose this is a bit of a behind the scenes Q&A, but <laughs> CJ, fire away. Okay, so my big question um, and something that I find I don't have a lot of clarity on and I feel like there's a million different people out there with opinions and um and all of that about what to do, but in season training splits, how, how much should you be in the gym versus on the track? How many K should you be doing each week? And I'm, I've actually been watching quite a lot of your stuff on swimming and have been getting in the pool. So how do you incorporate all of those three things into your in-week training program? <laughs> well, first of all, I'm glad that you are in the pool because I, as you would know from those videos, absolutely yeah. rate swimming. I think it's one of the best things that you can do, definitely for aerobic endurance, but for other things as well, just simply coordination, strength, and so on. But the, and the reason why you mentioned at the start, there's a whole bunch of different things that people say, and that's because there's more than one way to skin a cat. So, you know, different people are going to have their own philosophies and they're going to have their own, you know, processes that have worked for them. And so there's the first thing I'll say is that there's no one right answer. Just because I say something doesn't mean that the strength and conditioning coach down the road isn't going to say something different and isn't also going to be correct. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know, I'm very confident in my knowledge based on, you know, my educational background and my experience having worked with like everyone from kids through to local um, footy, you know, in the NTFL to footballers playing in the NFL to then like AFLW. But essentially to answer your question, I think it depends on where you're at. I don't think, but I know it depends on where you're at. So what I would like to do is to split between someone who is a developmental athlete and someone who is a mature athlete. And the way I like to break that up is generally to keep it always trying, because it's something I struggle with in my own life, keeping things simple. So to keep things simple, I would classify a developmental athlete as someone with less than three years experience lifting weights in the gym and who's Mm -hmm. not competent in the seven fundamental movements. So the seven fundamental movements, if you were to break all human movement down, you would come up with these seven movements. Number one is bracing, and that's essentially like a plank. So the plank is an exercise. The brace is the movement. And then from there, you've got your pushing, pulling, rotating, which are all like upper body. And then you've got three lower body, squatting, lunging, hinging. So squatting, you know, everyone probably knows a squat, like sit down. Hinge is like a squat, but you're not bending the knees. The knees might be unlocked and soft, but they're not bending. You're hinging at the hip. So it's like a deadlift move. And then lunging, which is where one foot's in front of the other. So if you were to use a house analogy, the brace is like your slab of concrete and the other six movements are like your walls and your roof. Every other exercise that doesn't fit within those seven movements are like your accessories. So they're like your light switches and your taps and fixtures and that kind of thing. So that's things like bicep curls, tricep extensions, which are really important, but they don't make up that fundamental movement for humans. And so... With the fundamental movement, those seven movements I just mentioned, are I kind of like to use a Lego analogy, or if you're from Adelaide, a Lego analogy. Do you say Lego or Lego? 
Definitely Lego. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everyone except for South Australian says Lego. <laughs> I guarantee you, ask a South Australian how to say Lego and they'll say Lego. Um, so anyway, so you use this like Lego analogy and the movements are like the box. You know, when you go into Kmart or Big W and you buy a Lego set and it's in a box, that box with the picture of what the finished scene looks like is like the movement. Each individual Lego piece are like your exercises. So you've got different variations of planking exercises to make up the brace. But when you're bracing, this is why when I use the house analogy, the slab of concrete is like the brace because that's like the foundation of the fundamental movements. And so you're bracing when you do a push-up, which is a pushing movement. You're bracing when you do a pull-up, which is a pulling movement. You're bracing when you're squatting, particularly if you've got heavy weight on your back doing a barbell back squat. You're bracing when you're doing a deadlift, which is a hinge movement. So you're bracing through all of it. With all of those other exercises, for example, a push-up, you can break the pushing movement up into individual exercises where it might be a push-up, and this is really simplified, but a push-up on your knees versus a push-up on your toes versus a push-up with your feet up on a box. So Mm. they're varying levels of intensity and difficulty. So each one of them are exercises making the push pushing movement, which is the Lego box. So for someone who is not competent in being able to perform those seven movements, and who has had and or has had less than three years experience, I would classify them as a developmental athlete. Someone who has had, who is competent with seven movements and they can move through their body effectively so they can do a full depth squat with body weight. They can, you know, lunge correctly where their knee's not buckling in. Uh, they can hinge correctly where they actually know the pattern of keeping the knees soft and unlocked but and not squatting down but then hinging at the hip and, and so on. Doing a push-up, for example, without dipping through the back and losing their core. Then... If someone is competent with those seven movements, then I would move them and or has had three years or more on top of that, on top of being competent with those seven movements, has had three years or more generally with lifting weights, then I would put them into a mature program. Which would you think that you are, developmental or mature? Personally, having been in the gym for quite a while, I would say mature. Um, But even so... I find it still very difficult to know what exactly because what what exactly you should be doing or you know technique wise whether you're doing things correctly and you know over time like technique kind of you, you're but when you're doing personal training and stuff or you've got someone showing you it's great in the moment but I feel like over time that can that can wane but um, yeah even as someone who's been in the gym for a while I still yeah find it intimidating sometimes and difficult so yeah yeah well I was just was interested in getting your opinion on where you think you're at but I've seen you train so I think that you'll be competent in those movements so I would actually consider you to be a mature athlete or capable of handling a mature program or what my mature program there's no reason why you couldn't do the developmental program um, and that's a good thing but typically I think you would be able to go into a mature program. The difference is in the developmental program, there's three days a week. This is the way I would do it. There's three days a week of lifting weights, for example. So there would be a full body day, an upper body day, and a lower body day. In the mature program, I would have four days a week of four days a week of lifting weights in both the preseason and in season. And in the in the split of that four day that four day split, I would have an upper body compound lift day, I'll explain this in a sec, a lower body compound lift day, an 
upper body accessory day and a lower body accessory day. And so I would split them up like that. So the upper body, and it might be a little bit different in pre-season, but in season, this is definitely how it goes. So the compound lift day, what I'm referring to is lifting big weights where you're using multiple muscle groups, like for example, bench press and shoulder press or squats and deadlifts. Accessory is the accessory stuff. So the stuff that you're not going to lift as heavy, Typically, you're not going to do as many reps of it. Maybe you do more reps, but you do less sets, but less total volume of um, yeah. of reps. And that would be more of the smaller stuff that you're trying to get into. So, for example, a prime example for football as a running-based sport is a single-leg isometric hold, for example. So it's a long lever, so your leg is – so you're laying on your back and you've got your legs out uh, extended so they're almost straight, like this very slight bend in the knee – and then do a lift one leg just slightly off the ground so you're on one leg and then push the other heel down into the ground so you're getting that isometric contraction. So you've got three different types of muscle contraction. You've got concentric, which is shortening of the muscle, eccentric, which is lengthening the muscle, and then isometric where the muscle is contracted but there's no shortening or lengthening. It's staying in the same um, length. So this is an isometric hamstring hold and you would progress up to this you wouldn't start off with double with single leg you'd start off with double leg and you might even start off with a short lever which means that the knees are bent at say 90 degrees um, or just a little bit beyond or you might even start with your back elevated on a box or something like that Um, so that's an example of an accessory exercise other accessory exercises are single leg rdl romanian deadlift landmines so that's with the bar or it might just be with a kettlebell Bicep curls and tricep extensions are examples of um, accessory exercises. So I would have a compound compound lift, upper and lower, and a accessory upper and lower, so for four. On a Monday, I would do the lower body accessory stuff. On a Tuesday, I would do the upper body compound lift stuff. On the Wednesday, I would do a lower body compound lift stuff and on the Thursday, a upper body accessory stuff. So you've got the accessory workout, specific workout on a Monday and a Thursday. So lower body on a Monday, upper body on a Thursday, and then you've got your compound stuff on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, upper body on a Tuesday, lower body on a Wednesday. And the reason why I would do the lower body compound stuff on a Wednesday is that that's giving you the most amount of time to be able to recover from the weekend. This is in season. Yeah. So to recover yeah. from the weekend. Say, is, that, is that with a Saturday game in mind? Yeah. With a Saturday game in mind, yes. And then yeah. with another Saturday game in mind. It changes a little bit yeah, you yeah. Know, as games change, but um, typically keeping Saturday in mind for simplicity's sake. Then the Wednesday, you want to be off your legs three days before a game. So if you're playing on Saturday, you want to be off leg weights on Wednesday, which is hence why on Thursday you're doing the upper body accessory stuff. So you're trying to freshen your legs up on the Thursday and the Friday. So you're going to probably do club training on a Tuesday and a Thursday. And then um, that – so you're still running on your legs, so you're still getting some work through your legs, but you're not lifting weights. The Monday lower body accessory stuff, sometimes isn't ideal because you might still be really sore from the game two days before on the Saturday, Uh, but it kind of helps to loosen things up. And if someone's going to drop a session, then that's the session that I would probably, of legs, that's the session I would drop. I would try to maintain the compound lift down the Wednesday and just drop the Monday. If they need to drop a session, then the upper body accessory session is the session that I would be dropping if I had a choice of all four that I could drop from. Yeah. and the upper body is not such a big deal because you're not running on your upper body. It's your lower body. That yeah. you, need to, you know, you need to get up and going again the next week. 